Welcome, Guardians, to a special episode all about the Destiny 2 uh, IGN first looks and the Destiny 2 beta, our experiences, and, you know, the lore and, and that, what we think about the game uh, and what we know. This week, we're hoping to have Purple with us, but she's away at the moment with her child. We do have Mythos Mike. Mike, how are you? Good. Good to see you again, Anon. It's been a little while. Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, and sort of as a as a uh, uh, not a change to the show, I guess an improvement to the show. We 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 uh, <laughs> well, uh, we're looking to expand, and we decided you know Guardian might be a good fit. So let's give him a. A couple trial runs as a actual host, not just a guest or a temporary host. So instead of having him on, we decided to have his wife on. So, hi Gertrude. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm excited good. to uh, to talk about this. So, uh, me too. I mean, I I think we should we should uh we should tell people where they can find you first. Since you are Me? a guest, yeah, you because okay. you're a guest I, and that's polite. <laughs> I am on Twitter at the Gertrude twenty one forty two. You can pretty much find me anywhere on Guardians posts as well. Awesome. But that's about it. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So now, let's just dive right into the beta and let's also try to keep it uh, for. We'll do it bit by bit, you know. So let's let's talk story. Uh, or wants to go first like what how'd you how'd you like that story mission guys because i've already got to play it at the dre so i already sort of knew what i was going into but what about you guys i want to i want to hear it i thought it was like the perfect way to introduce people to this story because everyone was worried about like the missions and everything that was going to be included in the beta and stuff i liked where it started i saw a bunch of posts about people who were upset about all the missions or the only missions that you got to play and stuff but i liked it i liked how they did it Mm-hmm. Mike, when I first played that story mission, I was in a party with a couple of friends of mine who happened to be playing the beta. Um, and of course, you know, in order to get the full experience out of it, I muted both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, oh man, was I blown away! Um, seeing the characters that we've come to learn—at least the you know the people have been playing since vanilla—seeing um, the characters that we've come to l- love and appreciate over the years actually helping us in certain ways during that entire mission was just it it makes the world feel more personal which is which was a huge thing that i wanted with destiny 2 was to get a little bit more involved in the actual game and the story and the universe and having characters addressing both me and my ghost instead of just you know over the comms actually seeing like shacks in his armory and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. shacks was the best part just because i love lenny james but um (laughs) breathtaking love love the atmosphere love the mission and if that's going to be one of dozens of other story missions uh i'm going to appreciate the story so much more than the originals yeah they really did a a good job taking a space that we knew and evolving it and like Mm -hmm. there's so many spots where like we see this every day but when you look at it it's like this isn't it this isn't the tower this isn't the room where the vanguard stands and then there's also these rooms that have never existed before like shaq's armory which sort of like 
I mean, like, I, I like it. I like the idea that Shax is, like, hoarding guns, but at the same time, I was sort of like, this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's exactly what I thought. Like, I was sitting next to Guardian, and we were with you, I think, Anon, when yeah. we did our first mission. And I was like, he's been hiding all these awesome weapons this whole time. <laughs> and, and, like, obviously, we're not going to get, like, Risk Runner and Sweet Business and... uh sunshot from Shaq's armory so like playing the beta it does give this impression it's like you you had secret exotics you piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it was really it was really awesome to see like new areas of the tower and to sort Mm -hmm. of be like yes this is a world that exists and uh so so let's sort of move uh, as I as I try to remember it, we start in where the the Vanguard Hall and it's destroyed. It's like the floor has fallen out, and the main entrance is is blocked off with rubble. Mm-hmm. So you go to the right side, and they do that classic video game thing where it's like a wall is colored differently than the rest of the wall, and obviously <laughs> that wall breaks. Uh, a Cabal Legionary comes in. So this was really your guy, like everyone's first real look at a red legion uh what were your thoughts on that because like i thought that was a pretty uh, impressive way for them to make their first appearance Mm -hmm. very they seem you know our first experience with the cabal was 100 400 pounds highly militarized (laughs) sorry that line is (laughs) Uh, blow up planets and moons for just getting in their way, but um, very, these guys seem even bigger. Um, mm-hmm. They were they they used the same tactics as the other cabal. You know, they they used the same weapons. At least the legionaries themselves used the same weapons and that kind of thing. But they well, they seemed not all the same t- weapons because that's actually well, yeah. something that they showcase in True. in like very quickly. Uh, but continue just very much bigger seemed just a step above the uh, original cabal ground troops that we encountered in vanilla. And that, that was a big thing for me because it it makes them seem more formidable of an enemy, even more than, you know, the other cabal that we've already encountered. Mm -hmm. That was my first thoughts of them. But yeah, so they're the one that breaks down the wall and you go around the corner and you get to see, like the cabal have been playing assassin's creed and they have <laughs> that freaking like secret knife on their arm and they they just <laughs> impale a red jack up on it and it's like what the fuck is that like what they don't the have f- that <laughs> and it, it's it was that was like one of my favorite moments like seeing that and i'm like so they're they are seriously pulling out all the stops they are coming with some new fucking toys, and it's gonna be intense. I like, I would, I just didn't really uh, know what to expect from them. Mm-hmm. So no, it was crazy just going in, seeing that wall break down. Mm-hmm. And I, Guardian, will tell you, I get very excited when I play video games for the fir- or missions for the first time. So going through and seeing them, and I, I think they look like beetles now. Like they're just their faces, the way yeah, they, they look. They now. have that little. Some of them, because not all the, yeah, they're not, not all, all the same. Some mm-hmm. of them have a little crown mm-hmm. on their mm-hmm. on their head. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny. We went through, and I started freaking out because they were so much more difficult to kill. It was different, you know. It's not just mm-hmm. one pop in the head and they explode. It's like, oh, one, two, 
three. Oh my gosh. Like I have to do, I had to actually focus and try, which was really nice. Cause I always thought the cabal were super boring to face. And it's like Mike said, it's there. The red Legion is a total step up. It's they're so much harder. It's so much different. It's just a whole nother level. And mm-hmm. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. That's the, uh, sorry. No, that's, that's exactly what, I, how I felt about it. They, they were very, they were very much more impressive and intimidating than the regular cabal. And, I was I was really awesome. I was really awestruck by it. I had a very hard time taking down the Kenturians. Um, just the fact that you know, I think if I remember correctly, I really needed to match um, the damage that I was dealing with their shields. Um, you know, so if they have a what did a cabal or what if what a Kenturians have uh, solar shields? Um, basically like they i mean i had to match the damage if i didn't have a solar weapon in my in my inventory i found it a lot harder to take them down both with kinetic weapons and if i had like a void or an arc weapon especially much harder to take down with the armor that they have and the the seemingly improved shields yeah well so after uh the cabal impales the red jack we actually get to see our first npc with us in the in the fight and it's it's that scene of Cade pulling open the door for us and then mm-hmm. golden gunning three cabal real quick and he's he's essentially just got like a cameo in in the mission because he he kills the cabal and then he jumps up and like teleports mm-hmm. and he goes off to do whatever the hell he does and then we find there's like civilians just hidden in the hallway and they look terrified and these are like extremely new things for destiny and even if they're not Mm -hmm. doing anything it was very like okay shit is actually happening like this is a real place we're not on this barren empty world where who cares if the vex are taking over no one lives here no one's getting hurt you know it just seems so unimportant but now we're like okay there are people who are like hiding in fear yeah we don't get to see the public too much as guardians which to me i always i which makes me sad you never really Mm -hmm. see the people that it affects you know you go home you go to the tower then you know you don't really know what you do after that you don't really know if your guardian goes down into the towns to mingle you don't really know what kind of esteem guardians are held among the people so i did like that where you go through that hallway right before you get to the armory and it's all those people that are huddled and crying and you see the it makes it real it's like going to a war zone nowadays it brings that reality into where you are Mm -hmm. which i really liked and that's actually you just made me think of it uh I, i maybe i'm wrong I can't think of a single scene in the story mission where our ghost opened a door for us. Like, Kate opened the door, no. the shacks opened You're the right. door. That's and I'm totally just wondering true. If, if that was sort of something Bungie did because of that old year one thing. Like, they already made fun of themselves for it with uh, uh, Eris's. Yeah, in the Dark Below with Eris's yeah. line. And the Traveler's Dying Breaths that created the ghosts to open doors so like it sort of feels like maybe they're they're really trying to get away from that so now shacks because you're a tard and don't know how to open a door (laughs) apparently we still don't because shacks is opening it Mm -hmm. what was also interesting about that hallway is i remember uh my first sight coming up the stairs in front of it is that there were two red jack titans uh standing in front of the um uh, in front of the civilians there, and that's our first case of just seeing like normal everyday guardians besides you know other players. Um, 
So it was just kind of interesting to see them. I also love the Red Jack armor design. I really hope that's going to be available for Titans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just interesting to see them just like sitting there. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> literally running up the stairs and like staring at them for a good two minutes. <laughs> mm. And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> uh, it was just new stuff. Yeah. All this... Absolutely. So we go through the armory. And I think about that time we get to the hangar. Did you re- did you recognize the hangar? Mm-hmm. Like at, it, I, I did not. Yeah. Like the first three seconds, I was like, "Where? What the? What? Oh, okay, I get it." Yeah. <laughs> it it took me a second to recognize what it was, but like when I actually like got down into it, I was like, "Oh shit, this is the fucking hangar!" Like we are all manner of like turned around, the towers all manner of destroyed. And uh, this is all the this is all the stuff I hadn't actually gotten to play, so all this was entirely fresh and new to me. So I'm like freaking out. And uh, we go through the hangar, we go through more rubble, and that rubble is actually the hallway from the hangar to the main plaza on the tower. And it's like, you're just like, no, it's not. Like it's so different. And you go because then the floor collapses. You go a level lower through this hallway that you go through every day when you want to go to Dead Orbit or you want to go to Future Warhole. And you go like on this outer railing, and that's where uh, the Dre build picks up to the plaza where we meet our second NPC, Zavala, who I like seeing in the game less than Cade because he was negatively useful. Like, Cade had a cameo and didn't really do anything bad, he made it cool which I thought was good, but Zavala almost negatively infected my gameplay by calling me to his bubble, and there's rockets hitting his bubble. And they're not hitting me, they're hitting his bubble. So... It's almost like they expected you to be up there shooting the cabal, whereas, you know, everybody in Destiny doesn't... Most people don't play it as a cover-based shooter. It's more of a run-and-gun style. So I was, I mean, I was, like, jumping around the uh, Eververse stall, the Postmaster stall, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it, and killing them from there. I wasn't going up to... um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't going up to the the tower walk door where Shax happened to be, or, sorry, where Zavala happened to be. Yeah. and like you said, his calling out like to go to the bubble. I was I was all the way down towards the um, towards the end of the and uh, end of the platform, and he just says, "Come to my bubble. We've got rockets inbound." Whatever he happens to say, and then I, I'm I'm like, "Oh shit!" So I start running towards him, and the rockets kill me as a result. So I had to restart that section. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the type of thing that like I understand what they're trying to do, but I hope moving forward they make it so the rockets target you. So going to his bubble is like a part of the mission. It's like you're not going to survive if you don't get in that bubble. Type mm-hmm. of deal. Um, I didn't get to experience this, and I'm not sure if it was just at least on my first playthrough. On a, on a later playthrough, I got to experience it. But uh, did you guys get any random new friends while you were hanging out with Zavala? Yes, actually. Yes. It was the second time I played through because I wasn't with you and Guardian when mm-hmm. we went because we were all together the first time. But I like that the second time through it was two other blueberries and I was yeah. like, oh, we're all experiencing this together. Let's have yeah. fun. And <laughs> they they are instance. It, it's like the three waves and in their instance. They're on the first wave and you're on your third wave. So you're leaving. They're hanging out still. And you just 
you know, take off. And I thought, like, I was like, oh, shit, this is a fucking mission that's, like, being shared. And it really, it really felt more community-focused. And I thought that was a fantastic change or a fantastic addition. I definitely agree. Um, those inst- I, would, I would like to see more of those, those little instanced um, yeah. point defense, I guess would be the best way to put it, areas. Mm-hmm. It made it. It made it go. It made it feel less of a drag to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a very good addition. Uh, and then we go to the North Tower and see Ikora, and that was fun. She she shoots down. Uh, they're not harvesters. I forgot what they're called. She shoots one of those down and goes looking for the speaker. And then we finally see behind the door, and it's. <laughs> Uh, hallway of shops, including what looks to be like a fortune teller, which I think is is pretty interesting. Like that, there's a fortune teller in the tower, just hanging out there, and uh, Kade's ramen shop. <laughs> His spicy ramen shop. Yeah, spicy ramen shop. There is actually <laughs> another spicy ramen shop in Midtown, but I did get a confirmation from Bungie. That the one in Midtown is gross. Like they, you don't want theirs. You you the want <laughs> you gross. want the spicy ramen from the tower think, one because you know. I don't think they, we'll be dealing with that though. Yeah, well, we'll be okay. I mean, so that's why it sucks because the one in Midtown has like really crappy chefs, but the one in the tower was really good. So the good one is destroyed. It just sucks. <laughs> um. Anyone have anything to say uh, about that section (laughs) or want to keep moving through the story? We obviously got to see one of the better parts of the uh, going up into the tower north or really the whole story mission was the uh, sweeper bot just surrounded by dead cabal. Mm. Sweeper bot doing work. Mm -hmm. I want to know if the sweeper bot killed all those cabal that were around. No other guardians were around. She did. I think he took them out. <laughs> Absolutely. Practicing making snow angels, killing Cabal. She's got moves. Oh but, uh. So. Then Amanda Holiday. Oh, wait, actually, before that. Oh, no, it was after that. Yeah, Amanda Holiday picks us up and flies us up onto, uh. Gaul's ship, right? And mm-hmm. we see we see those little drop pods shooting down at the tower, and we get up in there, and there's a hologram, and on the hologram, there is the tower, there is cabal the the cabal ship, a hologram of the cabal ship, and then also what I originally thought was a, a not the black heart, but something similar to the black heart. It is not actually uh, the black heart. It's the it's the system, the drop pod system, and uh, if you look closely, it's actually pretty apparent. The little bridge with the circular devices, and it matches the drop pods almost perfectly. Um, mm. So yeah, then we just make our way through the Cabal ship, and we get onto the outer rig, and we see the gladiators for the first time. What were you, what were you guys is uh, the thought thought on the gladiators? Dear God, they're hard to take down. <laughs> they're so annoying. They are. Oh my gosh. They're like steroid thrall. Mm-hmm. I mean, super aggressive. 
their crazy. armor is ridiculous. The damage that they deal is ridiculous. Hitting their hitting their head was actually somewhat of a difficulty with me, especially when I was using SMG. Yeah, yeah, they they do not sit still. Mm-mm. I'm they used were. to slow moving. Maybe I'll jump cabal but these are just like no i'm i'm bouncing around like i'm a big bulky guy but i'm gonna bounce around and you're not gonna catch me mm-hmm. no, yeah, it, it was crazy to me fun. they were scary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i kept saying for like some reason i couldn't come up with a better word i was like this is so scary i was like it's not actually scary it's just kind of like it's different you don't really Heart expect racing. that from destiny you yeah. know destiny so far has been pretty pretty simple you know i mean other than raids enemies aren't very aggressive they never really have been unless you know you get like a heroic going on but it was really kind of actually refreshing to have enemies that are like i'm in your face i'm not gonna attack you right now it was really it was kind of refreshing and a challenge yeah and so speaking of a challenge um let's just let's just jump right to like the end because it, it's pretty straightforward from there that those turbines I Ugh. I saw a lot of hate <laughs> about those turbines, and I loved it. it. The only problem I had with it is at first I thought I had to stand up on top of the platform for the entire time, like the when the first area yeah. where you come in, um, and then I'm I'm like trying to shoot at the uh, the ones all the way down, I'm just like why isn't it hitting it? And it turns out there's like a little thing above it, so I had I didn't have any problem with the turbines. I think I only died once, mm-hmm. um, and that was just because I timed my jump incorrectly. So I didn't think they were too bad. Yeah. That was essentially my issue. Like I, when I walked in there, I had no idea what to do, and I was just standing around. Like, what do I shoot? I'm shooting the arms as they're swinging by. I'm not seeing damage numbers on anything, and I'm just like throwing grenade. And then I finally see damage numbers, and I was like, oh my god, I see what I have to do. And uh, I shoot the first, and then I'm like, okay, well now what? And then it, it sort of clicked. Once I got in there, though, it was. It was so simple to understand what to do next. I just, you know, ran to the next. I jumped. Uh, a lot of people complain about the the platforming in this game, saying like it's it's really shitty platforming. I I don't think so. At the at least I don't. Um, what about you, Gertrude? I hated the turbines with a passion. They were dumb, it was unnecessary, and it killed me like 12 times. (laughs) I did not like the turbines. Because, and I've been finding, like, I agree with that statement, though, of, like, the platforming. I hate the platforming. It's annoying. I have always been, like, a further back, kind of more, like, behind cover person. Just I'm not as aggressive as a player. And so having those platforms, it's like, no, always moving, always going, no matter what. Like, you can't stop. You Mm. can't stay in one spot too long, which I found really annoying because I like to take things rather slow. But I also see the point of, like, this is a game. Like, fight, win, (laughs) go crazy, you know? And so I see both sides of that, but personally, I hated the turbines. I thought it was annoying and unnecessary. (laughs) I thought it was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> I, I thought it like really flipped destiny on its head because like that was my first thought because or that was my lack of thought rather um going into it i was like i don't know what to do here because it wasn't 
it wasn't this centralized object in the room and they're like you have to destroy it and i'm like all right i'll shoot it because that's what you do it was like oh like i saw the opening and i looked down i was like oh that's clearly where i'm supposed to shoot like i found the opening pretty quickly i I mean i I, I wasn't there for long but like it it took me like like 15 20 seconds of like shooting around trying to find what i had to shoot because there's this big object in front of me and i'm like i have to destroy that and I did not. I had to go into the the workings of it and shoot the insides of it. And that was like, I was so amazed by that. And I loved that. But, uh, so then turbine and platforming, those are two big complaints. And then there's another big complaint that I completely disagree with. Hmm. We go out on to the outside of the ship and Gaul comes out and, the traveler is completely sealed off now. So the traveler's sealed off, and our light, like, is literally separated from our body. And our ghost says, "Like guardian, something's wrong." And he drops to the ground, and his light falls off. And our guardian, we're we're like going into shock, and Gaul's talking shit, and we reach out and grab our ghost. And then Gaul kicks us off, or kicks us back, and we drop our ghost off the ship, and then kicks us off the ship after our ghost. Um, our Guardian didn't talk during that scene, and will not talk throughout Destiny. I like that. I think it made the scene powerful. I don't think he needed to say, No, ghost, what's wrong? You know, because that's that's all I could that's all I would be able to get from that. No matter what he said, no matter how dramatic it was, it would feel cheesy, and I feel like it would sort of ruin the moment of like everything is failing right now. And a lot of people don't agree with that statement. What do you guys think? Well, personally, I thought that there was no good choice there. Because think mm-hmm. about it. Our guardians haven't had to talk until this point. I mean, we also haven't faced anything this detrimental. Could you imagine living your whole life with this light, this power, this you know ability inside you? And it's something that you think is never going to go away. It's not even conceivable in your mind. And then all of a sudden, it's taken away. Not only would you not believe that it's taken away, but you would be so confused by the thought. I don't think you'd even be able to speak, let alone say, my ghost, Gaul, who are you? What are you doing? Exactly. You would be so inside yourself. You'd be completely speechless. I mean, think of anyone who's been in any kind of situation like that. You're speechless. You you don't mm-hmm. say anything because you don't know what to say. And as guardians who haven't had to say much, their abilities have, you know, in a way, spoken for them all this time. Mm-hmm. I think that our, go- our guardians wouldn't have said anything I agree. you know zavala Cade, ikora absolutely those are the personalities our guardians haven't had to you know here and there talking to marasov you know in our spaceship to our ghost or something but i think that that was really important and i think that people think that it was just a thought that they're like nah he's just not gonna talk at bungie but I believe personally that this game has huge psychological pulls in different ways. They use that very well in this mm-hmm. game to get people addicted and to make them think things. That was a very deliberate choice for the guardian not to say anything. Cause you know, there were 50 other people on that meeting like, no, he's got to say my ghost. He's got to fight. He's got to, you know, at least try to punch him. Mm-hmm. And there's the other people saying, no, he's not going to do anything. 
you've just literally killed him, spirit, mind, and soul. There's other than his physical body, everything is gone. Yeah. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to move. You're not going to say anything. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. See, the only reason I didn't like, uh, I don't like our guardian not talking is because we had it in vanilla. But I, well, I agree with you in the situation. It would make a lot of sense for someone not to be talking because I would be in shock <laughs> more than shock. I would have, be having an existential crisis. Um, I, I think there are certain scenes that are kind of awkward then when the uh, when the guardian doesn't respond to ghost and when Shax is saying something to us and ghost responds for us. It just seems like ghost is the actual guardian's personality at this point. And with his fate being uncertain, it's, you know, it'd be interesting to see how long it'll take for um, the guardian to recover the ghost and see exactly what type of interactions they have see. in between that time. I don't understand that argument at all because that's what I see a lot of it. It's like, well, we talked in vanilla and yeah, we talked in vanilla. Then we had two also, months. Also, the max light was 20. The, so. <laughs> no, the max Things light changed. was 30, but yeah. Whatever. Um, we talked in vanilla, which if you want to like just put it right up to dark below, we didn't talk in dark below. So we've had almost three years of not talking why do you think now just because it's a, it's destiny too why do you think now we would start talking that would be more like jarring to me than to not to continue not talking and people always throw like the mass effect argument in saying like oh mass effect has shepherd and it still has a good story it's like that's cool but you're not Shepard, you know? I disagree. I, you're not. Shepard is Shepard. You're not Shepard. When I'm playing, I, I haven't played Mass Effect, but when I'm playing a game like um, Ratchet and Clank or Infamous, I'm not Desmond, I'm not Cole McGrath, I'm not Ratchet. I'm a, I'm watching their story. I'm not, mm. I'm not Joel from The Last of Us. I'm watching his story. And what's going See, on? I'm, sorry, I am sorry, my guardian, this. though. You know that to me. I agree, though, with that because I've played Last of Us, Uncharted, and Horizon, and to me, those are those characters. Yeah. But to me, I am my guardian. My guardian is Gertrude. Like yeah. that's who she is. <laughs> exactly. And so I don't want to hear a voice. That it's my voice. <laughs> like, I guess I would be okay with like a few single word answers just like really just for the times where it's it's almost weird because i'll agree there there could be times where it's weird but i feel like that's more up to the writers to not write in times like that and as far as the first mission goes i do not think we had a moment of that they uh people made the argument for the end there when our ghost is dying and we said nothing we're dying too i'm sorry i didn't say anything when i was dying too you know, like, and the opening scene where the ghost is, like, freaking out. We spoke with our actions. He's freaking out saying how the tower is not responding. And we're like, fly faster. Like, you know, we're like, all right, you're panicking. I'm not going to, like, feed into your panic. Like, I don't know, maybe they're dying. You know, like, there's there's no good, there was no answer that wouldn't sound that wouldn't make the character feel weak to me. 
So saying nothing was the best choice. And I, I feel agree. like if they keep writing it like that, we're being silent, being strong like that is the best choice, then we have nothing to worry about. Two things about that. Um, one, I feel as if I would be okay with it if the helmet came off in... It, if we were able to see facial expressions, no matter if it's an exo, woken, whatever, um, because obviously it's you know you you're you can see the head nodding and looking at ghosts and it's kind of funny. There's a little bit of comedic element there, but I feel as if when you take the helmet off, there's a little bit more of an attachment for me there because the helmet kind of removes the. I don't know the the personal element to me. You were you were talking about Shepard. And I think that the Mass Effect games are a little bit different than the Infamous games, which is one of the ones you mentioned in the way that you can choose um, the responses that you make. You can tailor, especially in uh, Andromeda, um, you can tailor the character to... Yeah, but so, Sorry. so then Destiny, you, you're not going to be choosing your responses. You're just going to be having one character generic response, and it's you wouldn't be the guardian wouldn't be you there are things that don't make that i would look at and be like why would i say that i wouldn't say that you know so i get that with a game like uh mass effect like the witcher or i think skyrim where you can actually have like answers to questions things like telltale where it's it's entirely you it's entirely your choice those are more immersive but destiny isn't that and people saying i just want to hear my guardian talk because right now my guardian doesn't talk right now my ghost is the main character not at all your ghost doesn't do shit you're the one doing the stuff he's just hanging out he's the sidekick I agree with you, but I uh, I just feel as if like including Mass Effect in that comment is just like a little unfair because I, I don't think Mass Effect is the same game as Destiny, which is where I think you and I agree. Um, well, everyone else says Mass Effect as the reason why our Guardian should talk. I'm saying it's the that's reason bogus. why it shouldn't. That's bogus. Yeah. Mass Effect is a completely different game from Destiny. I just I, I want I want to see my characters. I think that would really bridge the gap for me is I want to see my guardians like facial expressions, like see his eyes, that kind of thing, instead of just seeing the helmet on all the time. I know it makes sense in from terms of a you know you want to keep your helmet on so you don't take any bullets to the head, but um, mm. I, I want to have the option outside of the tower to take the helmet off and like see his eyes like light up when ghost talks to him or see him actually to see his facial expressions like in um uh in the last dlc which the name is completely lost to me right now uh rise of iron um during the scene with um during the scene when you receive the sword and you obtain the title of young wolf i mean you could see the guardians at least from what i remember i could see the like the emotion in my in my exo's eyes like when he receives that sword from uh lord saladin and that for me made that scene a lot more powerful because i could actually see the, the emotion in his face um see his eyes light up literally as an exo um and just see him really take in everything having that blank dull black helmet you know, as a, as a warlock, you just have that black visor on the front of your face. It just didn't, it kind of dulled that experience for me. I do agree. And I feel like that, because I haven't played Mass Effect, so I have no idea. But 
for me, since to me, my guardian is Gertrude, and it's kind of living vicariously through that, I, I like the... I like seeing her face in different things. I like it. I like it when she's flying in her ship to meet different people and you can see her face and her emotions and her eyes, just like you were saying. I do like that. I wish that they would have more moments where our guardians were out in front and center as opposed to just, you know, like you said, looking at the ghost, smiling, just kind of, I like to see my character. I do like Mm -hmm. that. And I think that's something that destiny as a whole is lacking is that, you know, we have this custom armor, we have our, you know, our weapons, our perks, our, you know, our what makes us us. But I like to see my guardian. I like having her be her be me. Yeah, it brings that back again to the realist. You know, you you feel that it's real. It's making it real. It's putting mm-hmm. it there. And I like that. I personally, I would like to see more of guardians faces as opposed to helmets. I feel as if like the reveal, I mean, when we first saw the, the posters, we saw, you know, a Titan, a Warlock and a uh, Hunter all with their helmets off. And I, I think that kind of paved the way for me thinking, you know, that would be a great addition. It's just it wouldn't upset what we already get from, like you were saying, and on from the head motioning. And, you know, Ghost is like taking it back to fly faster. <laughs> um, I, I feel like that would be a welcome addition and it wouldn't upset. Um, in my opinion, it wouldn't upset exactly what. Um, you guys appreciate so much from the individuality guard that your guardian represents. Yeah. I don't know. Like with, with the poster, those were actors. Those were like actual people. Like that's why they had their faces out. Right. But I feel like that gave like a false sense of like excitement because to me, I did the same thing. I saw those posters and I was like, well, oh, my gosh, this is going to be awesome. Those are those are the actors. Those are the live action actors. No, I know. I understand so that that's, completely. That's but it's also thing. kind of think of also the trailer, though. You have Cade Nikora speaking to the groups. None of them have helmets on there. Those are all their faces. I definitely thought we'd have more like, yeah, I don't know. I, like I guess I guess time. they I guess they were a little bit they were a little bit misleading, but I mean they're not really changing faces like facial structure. It's still like really poor. Bet it's like if Destiny was had more face options, I would agree that'd be really cool. But they don't, so I don't I don't really know. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, that's true. So then let's let's. Plus, we don't on. know. We could get in the game, and it could be totally like customize your character. <laughs> well, I mean, from what they said, it won't be. I can dream, okay. <laughs> but so always like bringing the, me down. Let's, I like the thoughtful feeling, at least. Let's move on, uh, <laughs> really quick. Let's talk a little bit, because uh, we got we got like all these notes that I also want to like quickly go go through. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Crucible, do you guys like the kinetic energy power system? Yes or no? See, I really enjoyed my time with the Crucible, and I think that that system in place makes it feel a little more rewarding, at least with my experience. Mm -hmm. Gertrude? I hated it. (laughs) It was awful. (laughs) You were with me and on. You know how much I hated it. (laughs) I still think you're wrong for hating it, but all right. I know you think I'm wrong, but that's because you're wrong. So then, (laughs) yes or no? Do you like the static rolls? Mm-mm. No. 
no, I want my weapon. I want to be able to have the same weapon, but be able to add my own perks. Yes, I agree. I hate it where it's like, this is this weapon forever. It's like, but I, but, but I want brace frame. It would make it perfect for me. And that's the thing. Like for what makes a weapon perfect for me is not what makes it perfect for someone else, but we can still have a hawksaw and have it be perfect. That's mm-hmm. what makes it perfect. And I feel like they really screwed the pooch on that one. Well, with how I like how it is now, because when I saw main ingredient drop, I was so fucking pumped to get main ingredient. Same thing with Nightshade and Nurgle and Phosphorus, only because I hadn't had Phosphorus yet. Uh, because I was like, I'm only missing Phosphorus. And then I finally got Phosphorus. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Like, I like... <laughs> But aside from that, like, I knew that Nurgle was good. I knew that Nightshade was good. And I was like, I can't wait to get those. And I really See, but... like that. But. Sorry. So with the static rolls, I did a little bit of math. And I forgot to get the math. But just off the top of my head, with the static rolls, if every foundry, if every vendor has every type of weapon one of every type of weapon that is i think it was like 184 different guns legendary guns legendary guns just right there and even if they don't like i can't see that dropping like less than like i would give a rough rough estimate of minimum 120 different guns so that's 120 different roles so like i sort of don't really care if like that like well i want to have hawksaw but i want my hawksaw to be different from your hawksaw so my hawksaw is for me your hawksaw is for you it's like well how about you have nightshade and i'll have this pulse rifle and they can have that pulse rifle and they can have that pulse rifle mm. so it's not just everyone's going for hawksaw with this perk or that perk, it's I'm going for this gun, I'm going for that gun, and it's immediately when you see that gun, it's sort of like I feel like they're trying to they're trying to put legendaries on par with exotics in terms of desire. Where like mm. in year one, I, you can ask Guardian, I was freaking out every week. Every week I got up before reset, and I I went to the Vault of Glass and I got my buddy from the UK to come join me. We'd hang out, I'd leave at reset, I'd come back, he'd still be there, I'd pull the chest, he'd leave, he'd pull the chest. Every week at reset, I did that, trying to get a fucking hawk moon. <laughs> I did the raids every week, I did that every week. I was doing everything I could, trying to get a hawk moon, because I needed it, and there were so few places you could get it. And then I finally got it, and I was so happy. And I think that's what they're going for, not, oh, I got a hawk. So- oh, no, no, those perks are awful. Well, Where I feel like all they did is it. trade one grind for another. Like, I, I feel like that's the only thing they did. Instead of grinding grind. for the perfect roll, you're grinding for that weapon. Perfect but it, weapon. That, it's a better grind, though, because now it's not, I got the gun, but the, sh- the, the rolls are shit. Where it's like, you get that, like, half-inflated but then you're immediately deflated. It's you're just immediately inflated. Like you're freaking out. I got the Galahorn. You know, like they want that moment for every gun, not just for le- not just for exotics. Um. Also, one thing I had noticed going through all all the IGN firsts, 
uh, it's obviously not confirmed, but it's, excuse me, appearing to be that Hakka weapons will not be energy-based weapons. So far, ex excluding, of course, uh, power weapons, I mean to say, like, kinetic and primary types, Hakka will be seemingly, at this point, exclusively kinetic, and, uh... Amalan will be exclusively energy. So far, Suros has been mostly energy, but it didn't. I didn't see many Suros, so there could be a little bit of a mix. And Vice, I think Vice was all energy as well. I can't think of any Vice in the primary slot or the kinetic slot. So I, I think it's really interesting. Oh. Uh, because there's also the the Scathlock and Nightshade guns, whatever weapon sets those are from. Because Scathlock has like its own set of weapons, and Nightshade is the only weapon I've seen of that style. But you never know where it's going to be from. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there's going to be the Pulse Rifle or the Auto Rifle and Scout Rifle in the Nightshade style. But, uh... Alright. So, let's... Let's dive into the strike and let's just blow through it. All right. How how'd you guys like it? Long. Wow. I think that strike took me probably forty five minutes to complete my first run. What? Yeah. That's like a twenty minute strike. Really? Yeah, easy. I mean, it was it not it wasn't like it was hard. Although I was playing with. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, and it kept lagging in and out, and then um, the other guys that were playing with were literally, like, stopping to see the scenery, so I was forced to kill most of the enemies by mm. myself. Um, oh, sounds familiar, Anon and Guardian. <laughs> you knew what we were doing. <laughs> but it was, I mean, Nessus is beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, that mm. The landscapes that I saw, it's just a, such an improvement over, I, sh I shouldn't say such an improvement, but there's a, there's a noticeable increase in graphical quality and I think even art style because there's a little bit more freedom in terms of the things that they can do with these um with these planets and the the uh, skybox just took me away. It was a beautiful environment that they created for us to play in. I loved it. I didn't have anything that was like this is dumb in the strike. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I thought I thought the strike was a, a very good improvement to the world building design, especially because uh, if you if you hadn't seen it, someone had drew, like sort of like essentially figured out where we spawn in and where the strike takes us. And the strike takes us immediately off of the map. That like so essentially, <laughs> the Nessus map that we see. Um, and if you decided to like leave the strike section and go explore, that was roughly one fifth of Nessus, and it was unfilled. Like there was clearly sections that were supposed to have more landmass but didn't and doors mm -hmm. that were closed off so that whole area was like a fifth the size of nessus so these maps are gonna be fucking huge because like nessus isn't even the biggest one and uh the world like you said the world was beautiful the enemies were interesting to fight in the world like they felt the 
the places felt real and the enemies were a pain in the ass like all the time <laughs> like a good pain in the ass like they were like uh, they were they were properly placed like when it was like massive open fields with hills like where the cabal destroyed everything you had the sniper scions and like then when it's like you're on the vex blocks that are like six by six you have gladiators and it's like you have nowhere to run and these guys are in your fucking face and it's so annoying and like there's such a hassle um so there is the bit of a con- of contention which i disagree with the boss let's oh come on let's hear your <laughs> thoughts about the boss because i loved it it's like Atheon is a strike boss. Obviously, very similar design. Some of the uh, attacks that he used were uh, very. I was. I found the boss fight relatively challenging, personally. Um, I don't know if it's because we were at even light levels or whatever, but I, I found it relatively challenging. Um, trying to avoid all of the ads in such a small space with so little cover, and also avoiding mm-hmm. the fire from um, the boss, which I'm sorry that name escapes me right now. Um, thank you, Protheon. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed the boss fight personally. Yeah. Uh, Gertrude? I liked it. Um, I, I felt like it was, it felt like it took a long time, but I felt like it took us a long time to do that much damage. And I liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked that it took a while. Like you had to figure out, like you're going to have to shoot him and you're going to have to jump and you're going to have to run and mm-hmm. do a good job. You know, I did like that, but I just felt like it was forever long, like a never ending strike. <laughs> but I, I loved it. I love the world they built for us to run around in. I loved, I loved the floor. I thought that was just kind of like yeah. an unnecessary, but super fun thing to add. Cause destiny is a very, you know, more or less, it's kind of a serious game. So it's always fun when there's like little silly things where it's like, this is just fun. Just to yeah. fall through the floor. Mm-hmm. And all of the stuff follows you down and crushes you. That was cool. Died to rubbish once. Yeah. <laughs> um, people people tried to like relate him to Valus to Arik saying he was a bullet sponge. And well we were ten levels ten light levels below him. Like mm-hmm. we were playing at a disadvantage. Uh so that's that's already a big step right there. And if everyone concentrated fire on the boss you could sort of melt him like he, he he was not spongy the issue was that it was like so filled with ads that you were not able to focus on the boss mm-hmm. and the mechanics that the boss employed which Valastaric did not have he just had rockets uh also really made it difficult to keep up that dps uh where on the first stage he had four teleportation points that he would work through as you damage him so you see that progression in the fight and then the first the first stage disappears and you fall to the second stage and there it's very simple he's got the floor as lava now instead of harpies you have goblins so it's sort of like a step up in like the damage and the ads and they're a little bit harder now because you can shoot their heads off hobgoblins have the shields so it's it's advancing the his like i need to kill you and then you know you got the floors lava you drop again and now on the third stage he's he it's actually two parts on the third stage because he stays off the map as goblins and hobgoblins come up on the map and then once you get him low enough he the boss 
physically starts to break. And mm-hmm. that's something I did like that's that never mechanic. happened. Mm-hmm. And not only did the boss start to break, but now he changed up his fight again. Now he's in our face and he's chasing us down. And now it's not just normal Vex that are coming after us. It's fanatics, which is Ugh, like, fanatics. like there was so much more to this boss than there has been. I don't want to say in any destiny one boss, but like then the vanilla destiny bosses, there was a lot more to, to Protheon than there were to them. And Absolutely. To, to relate him to Valis to Ark is a Unfair. fucking oversight. Like, I'm sorry, but people need to actually play with play the game before they talk, because that's that's just how it fucking felt. <laughs> and sort of just on a lore point of that, I was really interested to see. Uh, so I'm assuming everyone has seen that Vex trailer that was put up on Vimeo like three months ago and then immediately taken down. I have not actually. Which one? What was it? The one where the Vex was getting created, like how it had the oh. empty shell, and then the Vex milk went into the core and its light turned on. That one, right? I did see that one actually. So that world that we see in that video is almost a one-for-one to one of the Destiny Two concept arts. So people are people were speculating that we're gonna actually see that trailer in Destiny Two, and I would I would agree with it being very likely. And also, what we see in this strike is when fully constructed goblins were coming after us and harpies were coming after us. They were coming from the storm clouds, but when the fanatics were coming after us, they were coming from the vex milk. So. It sort of like told me like this is different. Fanatics don't get summoned. Fanatics, it felt like fanatics were half-built Vex. Like Protheon is like shit, shit, shit. I'm dying. They're still coming. Send they're, them. Yeah. I don't. They're not done. Send yeah. them. Send yeah. them. Send yeah. them. Mm. Send, send whatever I have. Send these like partially built and mindless Vex that do nothing but just attack. They run up to you. They explode. And then they just like leave that pool behind, and it was I I thought it was a really great strike I really did and I play I wanted to play it more during the end of the beta but by that point I couldn't get a full fire team because I guess everyone was just done with it and I was a little bummed about that. I felt like towards the end of the beta I didn't want to do PVE side I wanted to get more comfortable PVP side because mm-hmm. I feel like. When you do PvE, no matter what you do, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You go down this hallway, you fight this guy, and you get the trophy. But in PvP, it's, oh, that guy's sniping. I gotta, you know, I gotta not go around this corner. Or, ah, that guy keeps throwing suppressors. I gotta watch that Titan. And, you know, it's, I liked playing PvP during the beta way more than PvE. Just because it was, it was something that was the same but very different. Where the strikes... Uh, the uh, sorry, the missions got really boring after like the twelfth time, mm-hmm. where PVE it's like or PVP was just like all right, let's just keep going, you know, another round. All right, well then, uh, let's move on to this, some some notes from the uh, the IGN first. Uh, they're not in order, but so let's just let's just uh, talk about Coldheart, the Amalan Trace Rifle. You guys excited about that? Extremely. Mm-hmm. I am too. Um, 
For those that don't know, the Trace Rifle fires a liquid fuel ammo, which doubles as a coolant, and it deals arc energy. That's because ice is not an energy. Ice is a technology. Arc is an energy. Solar is an energy. Void is an energy. That's why we can use energy. We're not Pokemon. We're not using elements like ice and water and wind or earth or plants or whatever the hell people think. Those are not things that we can have. Those are not guardian powers that we'll ever be dealing with. We have the powers we deal with, and that's that's what it is. But ice is, or coolant, is something that even humans can do. Make their guns shoot really cold things, and that's essentially what it is. Uh, I'm just really excited about it because of its uh, exponentially increasing damage. Which is actually, uh, there's a little notifier beneath the sights. It's got like uh, 90 damage at the start, or 90 as like a notifier at the start. And then as he's as they're shooting a cabal, it's like going up and up and up and up and up to like 120. And then they kill the cabal. Um, and the survival gameplay we got to see some weapons. They they scrolled over the weapons super quick, and uh, I picked them out. So, uh, Mike, you wanna you wanna read uh, these uh, first two here? Mike. <laughs> All right. I guess he had to step away. Uh, Gertrude, do you wanna read these uh, these first two here? Sure. Gillard 42, Suros invites to kick up Suros invites you to kick up your heels. The Gilliard was a form of Renaissance dance. The music po- was a form of Renaissance dance and music popular all over Europe in the 16th century. It's the Suros auto rifle. Uh, the Cannabis PR2. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and then the flavored text do not look for the morning star, be the morning star. Interesting. Uh, the cannabis was also given to to a kind of jug with a short foot, wide body, narrow neck, and headed and head theon. Therion? Theron. This is why I shouldn't read this. <laughs> Therion, <laughs> which was used to filter water of the Nile and represented the god Canobus. In later times it was related it was related that Oh my gosh. And other times it was related that the ship of Osiris was on the same as that which the Greeks called Argo. And that it is the pilot, Cannabis, that... Oh my gosh. The pilot... Oh my gosh. Do you know how to read? Yes, I know how to read. I don't think you do. You're adding words. Let's have Mike read those instead and cut this whole thing out. (laughs) That was really bad. Well, I can't read... On computer screens, it hurts my eyes, and so what they'll do is instead of reading the word that's there, they'll jump around to find the nearest word that it can read, and so it doesn't work. Like, I can read paper just fine, but it's computers. My eyes jump. All right. Well, Mike, you want to you want to take the <laughs> you want to take the <laughs> the next two, the Uriel and the the Quadrille. Sure. The Uriel AR three. The flavor text is. Take this weapon in hand and fly to victory. 
um, in modern in modern ang- angelology, <laughs> that is a weird word. Um, Uriel is identified variously as a seraph, cherub, region of the sun, flame of God, an angel of the divine pre- presence, blah yada yada. Um, and it is the Uriel AR3 is an Amelon auto rifle. Now the Quadrille 34. This is the flavor text is Seros invites you to a dance to dance. Excuse me. Then the quadrille was is a dance that was fashionable in the late 18th and 19th century Europe and its colonies. It is a Seros pulse rifle. Yeah, and then we also got two more. Uh, the Nineman C. Uh, a wise word is a strong weapon. Uh, Nineman was a Duke of Bavaria and is a character of the Matter of France stories, uh, which concerned a character named Charlemagne. Uh, it's a Haka pulse rifle. And then from another, uh, from the Bungie Visions for the sequel, we actually saw a, one more Haka weapon, the Camilla C, Never Stop Fighting. Uh, Camilla is a little bit more difficult to place because Camilla is like a, not, not like some ancient name or dance. Uh, so I think it's most likely relating or referencing Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall. So Camilla C, Camilla Cornwall, uh, who was the second wife of Charles, Prince of Wales, and the eldest child and heir apparent of Queen Elizabeth II. And uh, where are we now then? I guess uh, let's talk about the Altar of Flame. Uh, did you guys watch that trailer? I did not get the chance, unfortunately. But um, I did see some of the screenshots posted around on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you What do you think about it? Looks like a pretty cool place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, like you said in the notes here, it reminded me a lot of the Burning Shrine. It just it has a very Mercury feel to it. The sun's obviously very prevalent. Um, I mean, I've always appreciated the aesthetics of all of the uh, multiplayer maps, and this one is no no exception. Gertrude? Um, I only got to see, like, a clip from it. I haven't watched the whole thing. Um, but I thought it looked very interesting. I love, I really do like what they're doing with the tower and then with Mercury, where it's taking these places that we know, like, we know what this looks like, and just either, like, destroying it or changing it, mm-hmm. which I like. Because it's 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 kind of like you know the new Star Wars. It's nostalgia, but with the new energy that we want. So I really liked how they kind you know this is where you've been, and this is what it's like now. I did like that quite a bit. Yeah, that was just interesting to see. We've obviously never been to um, the Altar of Flame. We've been to the Chloris Basin, which is where it's located. Uh, but as Lars Bakken uh, can be quoted. This takes place on Mercury. The Vex have a lot going on on Mercury, and what's happening here is there is some links here to a character that we mentioned in the past, Osiris. Uh, there's a lot to do with Osiris on that map. Like, half the map is very Vex-oriented, and the other half sort of looks lighthouse, like Osiris camp-oriented. And I feel like it's it, it sort of tells like an interesting story like that. But, um, you know, talking about I don't want to say reusing assets, but talking about revisiting a familiar location. What do you What do you guys think about Vostok becoming a PvP map? I think it's super weird. You don't like it? It's just weird. 
Like, um, hold on. It's just weird to me. I don't know why. And Guardian was saying the same thing. Um, I'm trying to see here. Kill Mike, what do you think about it? <laughs> I mean, that I always thought it was, I mean, when they, especially when they opened the area during the Iron Banner events, um, or when, you know, you, uh, when you're at the Iron Temple, you could get up on top of the roof and then jump down and then go explore, basically. But I was, I always thought it would make a good, decent PvP map. Obviously, they're going to replay with it a little bit and add mm-hmm. some features here and there in terms of cover mechanics. But I mean, I, I always liked that area. I'd love to learn a little bit more about the Voss Talk Observatory, exactly how it got repurposed into fell winter's peak but mm-hmm. i i like the idea and i mean i always like golden age structures for uh um crucible maps so this is nothing different yeah like that's that's almost more like because they made it very different you know there's doors mm-hmm. that are open now there's sniper perches that weren't there before they added this whole section on the back end of the map where there's like a cave structure now it it really feels like they're trying to say, hey, remember Vostok? Because this is sort of kind of Vostok, but not really Vostok at the same time. And it and it see, feels... that's why I didn't like it. was weird. Well, because I feel like weird. Vostok itself would not make a good PvP map because it's so, like, empty. But now it's got, like, aven- like actual, like, PvP avenues. And I feel like that's sort of like an Easter egg for mm-hmm. year one players sort of like how the sweeper bot like anyone coming in to year two seeing the sweeper bot surrounded by dead cabal they're gonna be like the fuck is up with that and like not mm-hmm. they're not gonna be laughing about it saying like oh my god that's amazing the sweeper bot just killed some fucking cabal like he's doing snow angels and now killing cabal like but we get that because we've been there and i think that's sort of what I feel like that's part of the purpose with Vostok. And a lot of I've seen a fair number of people saying like they should do things like that. And I really like it. It's it's similar to destroying the tower but without just making everything about being destroyed. It's mm-hmm. sort of just like it really paints the picture of, you know, we've lost a lot of ground. So for the sake of the crucible we don't really have the resources we had before to protect places. Fellwinter Peak is one of those few places that were already protected, you know? It kind of makes me think about exactly how what the callbacks are going to be to the places that we visited in mm-hmm. Destiny 1, whether it's just going to be revisiting as a Crucible map or maybe we'll see Saladin at some point, maybe the uh, Iron Temple will be used in a mission at some point, who really knows, but it... It um, it just makes me think back to how we're going to see the characters and the uh, places and the callbacks that we're going to see to the events that we've uh, taken part in up and up till the, this point. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, so I'm just, I'm just looking through my notes, trying to see if there's anything that's like really important that we should touch on. If if either of you have anything that you want to share, feel free. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Uh, okay, then as one last thing, uh, closing, 
cl to close this off, uh, did you get a good look at the Cabal at all? I wasn't exactly rushing. I kind of rushed through the story missions more than I should have, so I didn't really get a good look at... I mean, I didn't stop to check out their bodies or anything, so I did not, unfortunately. I did. What are you trying to... What did you see? Well, there's a few things. Uh, now when you shoot off a Cabal's head, like their mask comes off, and they don't immediately fall forward. They don't have that like program where they will fall forward no matter what. So you can actually check out their face. Uh, Scions now, though, you can blow off the top piece of their helmet, and it's so cool because they have these antennas sort of like coming from the back of their head like they've always had, like the flares have, um, I should say. And you also see now three screws going into their head, sort of like it's tapping into their head and going into their suit type of deal. Like, you know, like that telekinesis is powering their suit sort of way. And then the war beasts have a metal plate, head and razors on their back that are not like natural those are those are like things that are added on sort of like sort of like an armor and weapon hybrid type of thing but also the war beasts have a thick red scale like of natural armor which can be seen on every or maybe not every but almost every cabal type most I notably. did really like that. It was really interesting. They brought these animals in, mm -hmm. and the Red Legion is covered in their skin as armor. Yeah, I just thought that added especially. like a, yeah, it added like a like a barbarian esque feel mm -hmm. to them, which is really cool because again, going back to that psychological thing of kind of how it's affecting us. You know, when you see them wearing the skin of another thing, I don't yeah. know why, but again, it just makes you feel very like barbaric and just manly and overbearing and crazy powerful and interesting. <laughs> it added an interesting, I liked it. I thought it was a little detail again that they didn't have to do, but it really added to the story. Yeah. So like I look at the cabal now and I think about, I think about the war beasts and I think about the scions and I think about them in relation to the regular cabal. And I start to think they're all from the same planet, but the bigger, the bigger cabal essentially rule the planet Whereas the war beasts are just animals that they domesticated and they use them for armor purposes, for battle purposes, maybe there's more purposes. And the scions uh, are sort of like not the same race, but the same, uh, I think it's genus, genus, whatever. It's sort of like humans and monkeys type of deal. Except in this case, the monkeys are big enough and strong enough to collectively take over and enslave us, enslave us, the Scions type of... Uh... Planet of the Apes all over again. I mean, sort of. <laughs> that's that's sort of my thing, my, my, my point. I think they're from the same planet, and the big cabal just took over and sort of is strong enough to control the scions on some level which i think is a really interesting thing and i really hope that we get to see more of that like explained and dived into with all this with all this story i do hope they do a better job of explaining it because now that they don't have grimoire 
Yeah. And I'm assuming their storytelling style is going to be Horizon Zero Dawn-ish with data points and do this mission so you can learn this fact and stuff like that. But which is cool. But at the same time, you have Destiny, which is an incredibly in-depth, specific, detailed story. You can't always do that like that. So I'm really worried about the storytelling that's going to come with it, too. But mm-hmm. I think it'll be I think it'll be good. I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, so what we, what we actually know is like, they're going to have the main campaign. Mm -hmm. They're going to have the main campaign, which is going to tell a story. Uh, they mentioned scannables, but I'm not sure if that's like taking King scannables. It might not be, uh, we'll have to see about that. They have adventures, which are very small bite sized story pieces. And then they have the quest lines, uh, which are post campaign missions, uh, which are supposed to be larger stories. So I think we're essentially going to have the campaign, which is going to be very focused on the Cabal and everything to do with the Cabal and the light and all that type of stuff. And then after the campaign, each planet will have uh, one at least quest, maybe even two. That would be two or three would be awesome, which are going to be like, okay, D2, that was one story, and now these are other stories that exist within the world but aren't necessary for the main campaign, which was sort of uh, a failing in D1 where we would have the main campaign missions, and then we would have what were the equivalent of side missions, but they were there was like no real distinction between them. So it was sort of like... You'd go do these side missions, thinking they were main campaign missions, and they would have no real payout. They wouldn't. They wouldn't fit the story. They wouldn't really offer anything whatsoever. It was just a, a weird, a weird thing that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I, I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like an apologist for uh, for Destiny at all. Like I'll call them out on the things that just don't make sense. And that 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 was some of the Destiny One storytelling was definitely one of the things that just don't make sense. I'm just very excited for Destiny Two. <laughs> I'm hoping it can live up to expectations. I don't have very high expectations either. I have extremely high expectations. They have built it up. They have led us to believe they have been this way. If they don't deliver, they better be ready for a backlash from a giant community, mm-hmm. like. The Destiny community is crazy. It's so different. I mean, you join any other gaming community, it is nothing like this at all. This The community is 90% of Destiny, you know? Uh-huh. And so if they don't give us a good story, if they don't make up to all these claims, they're going to lose all that pretty quick, and it'll they'll be surprised. But hopefully we won't have to worry about it, and it'll just be amazing. I think it will be. <laughs> like, I, I do think it will be, like, really amazing. Like... There's a lot of interesting ideas that they're they're implementing in Destiny 2. Like, the public events are going to be more intense. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be just, like, these things that sort of exist but don't matter at all. They're going to, like, actually be a thing sort of inspired as a, like, it's... The public events are supposed to be the Court of Oryx or Archon's Forge of the game, but now they're just happening everywhere and, Which I like. Yeah, I'm exactly. really excited about that. And then there's the public events, and during the public event, you can trigger the heroic event, 
which like you do you kill you kill the boss fast enough or you do it fast enough or you do this or do that and um you get like more enemies harder boss and just like this i don't even know (laughs) (laughs) it's just they may it sounds really cool and i'm really excited for it it there there just sounds like there's there's it sounds like there's actually a lot to do here's hoping (laughs) <laughs> it does sound like there's a lot to do, which is exciting, but it's also, I find in games where there's a lot to do, it's less quality of a lot to do, which makes mm. me scared but excited at the same time, because we've seen these amazing details from Destiny, and so now what they're doing is they're like, yeah, we can keep these details, and we're going to go, like, expansive, so we're going to go bigger, better, badder, and we're going to keep, you know, hopefully they're going to keep those little details, which keep us wanting to read and learn and play the game more. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's only uh, 35 days away. Or 34 days and like... Ready for this? It's... No, it's 37 days. What are you talking about? Oh, 37 no. days, 6 hours, 6 minutes, and 25 seconds. <laughs> of course you have a countdown. Yes, I do. I had one for the beta tip. Well, the, count- <laughs> the countdown is should be September uh, 5th, 9 p.m. EST. But, yeah. That's what I have to. Yeah. But I'm pretty excited. It's going to be great either way. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm either way, the first day is going to be amazing. No matter how the game is, the mm-hmm. first day is going to be amazing. Always <laughs> is. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't even finish the story on the first day, to be honest. I guess we'll find out. Hmm. all right well then i think that's going to wrap up this week's episode and uh next week we're gonna be back on a heavy lore focus whereas this was little lore little news little fun i'm tired so uh (laughs) gertrude where people find you again uh on twitter at the gertrude 21 awesome mike Find me on Twitter at uh, Mythos Mike. You can also find me on uh, uh, Twitch at twitch.tv slash Mythos Mike. Um, you can find me on Plant Destiny uh, with some of my old articles and videos under the name Mythos Mike or Mike S. Uh, and yeah, you can find me on here as well. Awesome. And Anon, where can people find you? No one ever asks me. <laughs> uh, you can That's find me on I'm my polite. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> at, at a non-pig and you can find me in our discord which hopefully this time i'll remember to actually link it because i forgot last time but i mean you know just hit us up on twitter and i'll get you an invite it, it, like a never expire invite because i just forget <laughs> um you can find my twitch but that's that's on hold until i get the things i need to actually stream because you know <laughs> who'd have thought they would just give you everything you need like from the start crazy um well now buddy calm down yeah it's only it's only like 170 70 something dollar fucking device they don't need to supply you with everything but yeah uh all right guys have a good week you too Uh, (laughs) have a good one guys bye